face to face, hand to hand, film to film. Welcome, welcome to the one and only film to film. This, here I am with my good friend James. My name is Iñak Minero. How's your week, James? Do you watch any movies? Uh, I have watched a couple uh, of films. Uh, nothing too crazy this week. I feel like I haven't quite kept up. I did watch um, To Kill a Man, and I did watch the, this director's other film on Netflix, uh, Much Ado About Nothing. So those are probably two of my most recent views. Wow, actually, okay. I, I haven't seen the other movie, but uh, yeah, I also did watch uh, To Kill a Man for a second time. That's the movie that we're talking about today. Yeah. Um, so our second Chilean film featured here. Apparently this yep. this film is like the super niche podcast on Italian crime films and Chilean films. <laughs> the uh, intersection is, is huge. We're dominating already. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, how, how is the other movie uh, by uh, this director? You know, I think it's a really interesting companion piece to this movie. Um, uh, it's also quite short. Uh, this movie was only, I think, 85 minutes. That one's right. like 95 minutes. Uh um, there are some differences, but they're both kind of take this very naturalistic approach um, to showing stuff um, and very uh, just a fairly intimate drama with a couple characters in it um, and a lot of night photography in that one, too, and kind of a okay. mix of static shots and like these handheld ones that you see in this film. Um, but mm. I, I think they're both pretty solid films. Um, yeah. Good, good. And well, and and now we're so for the audience. Uh, the one sentence summary for this movie is that this is a movie about a common family man who, after being tormented by a gang leader, takes the law into his own hands. Yeah. Uh, this is not from Wikipedia. This actually is something I just wrote myself. But uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could switch that synopsis with uh, Street Law, and it almost sounds like the same movie. We got the Which, vigilantely duel. They're very different right. films, though. Well, um, to be honest, that's why I picked this movie. Like, I picked this movie when we, when I watched that one. Oh, all, like, right, all right. You know what? Yeah, this this is <laughs> this is the parallel. Uh... <laughs> Extremely different, though. Extremely different. Similar topics. Uh, but yes, very different movies in uh, execution. So, I mean, so this movie was released in uh, 2014. Uh, director is Alejandro Fernandez Almendra. As James indicated, he did, uh, directed Much Ado About Nothing, as well as another movie called Watcho. I haven't seen either of them, but uh, yeah, they're supposed to be pretty decent. Do you know what his, uh, does he have much of a reputation in um, Chile that you know of, or are you? Uh, I know that Watcho and much of, uh, much ado about nothing. Uh, they both have been somewhat acclaimed in within the country. Mm-hmm. Um, I think actually much ado about nothing was uh, was a movie that they submitted for the Oscars. Yeah, um, it it showed a couple of festival credits when I watched it on Netflix. So it seemed like yeah. it did the rounds. I want to say Berlin, but I may be mixing up with this film too. So right, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I saw that. Yeah, it was that one was submit, was submitted to some festivals, some, some of this one. They're both based on uh, 
on real events, although with an asterisk, how real are they or uh, how, you know, more than how real it's, uh, which specific event, I don't know. Um, actually, I hear that Much Ado About Nothing is way more, way closer to a, a real event than, than uh, this one. Yeah, I believe it after having seen that film. Um, yeah. Um, but, I mean, generally speaking, he's, I mean, definitely locally acclaimed. And this movie had, uh, I mean, IMDb got a 6.4, which is not amazing, but not bad. Um, average, average yeah. Exactly. And won the World Cinema Grand Jury Prize at Sandance Festival. So that's, you know, something. Where is that festival? Sundance. Sundance. Oh, Sundance. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So that, yeah. that's that's pretty big. I mean, Sundance is yeah, a significant big. festival. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So, you know, uh, overall, I think, I mean, here's my question. Do you like the movie? I did. Um, I can't fault anyone for finding this film to be a bit dull. It, it um, where street law is all pulp and car chases and slow motion and stuff like this. This film is a lot more just toned down and understated. Um, mm -hmm. And the story itself is very simple. There's no blackmailing of kidnappers or anything like that. Um, and so even in the actual title, um, I actually watched the trailer right before we started uh, this recording. And mm. I felt like the trailer is actually a pretty bad representation of the film. It's like way more dramatized. This film is, I feel like, um, just a really understated film um, that takes a really simple approach to the story. Um, and I would say, um, while I don't know if I love the film, I did I did enjoy it, and I consider it to be a good film. And I think a lot of um, the attention to the framing and stuff like that um, was quite well done. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And, uh, I One thing I find interesting about this movie is that it's... It, to me, that that is somewhat unique, if you will, uh, is that it's a character study. Like, this movie is strictly a character study, even though its plot is for something that you would find in an action film. Like, uh, and, and I thought, that, I think that's a, a strength. In fact, you, one criticism, a criticism I found online, and I actually agree with, is that although the film is slow, it could have been longer. And I know that sounds very strange to say, but it, it's a very short movie, but it could have been longer to allow you to take in a little bit more of the character's emotions. Yeah, I think I kind of agree with that. The one, so I think for me, the film had one big sort of abrupt thing that I want to call a flaw. I'm not just not totally sure how I feel about it is that it seemed really abrupt um, at the moment he starts to take action. And I wonder if they cut scenes or if that's a place they could have built a little bit more uh, character uh, action into it. Because the whole film, the pacing is quite slow. And so when he finally does start to take action and stuff, uh, it, it does feel a bit abrupt to me. Right. No, I, I, I agree. And also, it, 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 at some moments, it feels irrational, uh, what, what he's doing. Yeah, you don't totally know how he jumped into uh, it. Like, you don't really get into his mindset. The film's a little bit more aloof, so you don't totally know what he's thinking. 
Whereas like Carlo Antonelli in, in Street Law is like literally saying everything, so you know exactly where his character's at. This film's almost the exact opposite. And I like right. aspects to that, um, but I felt like if it explained just a little bit more for me, I, I maybe would have enjoyed it just a little bit more. I agree. I agree. Or I mean, and so one of the strengths in this movie, uh, and one that I, I really enjoyed actually, was the lack of dialogue. This movie has very very little talking. Uh, it's mainly matter of fact. You know, it's police complaint, secretary, doctor, family, like small family argument. No much, not not much more than that. And the rest is just, you know, swear words, which interestingly enough, uh, you probably will have missed most of them in the uh, captions, but then uh, yeah. they're Chilean swear words. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just people insulting each other. But like, again, not much content, uh, content. granted. And we'll, we'll get it, we'll, we'll get into this a little bit later, but I did not like the captions. The English, I mean, as a Spanish speaker, uh, reading the subtitles, I thought that, sure, in most cases, they cut off uh, uh -huh. things that are not necessary, but in some areas, they actually cut off things that uh, added a little bit more context or a little bit more volume to, to certain characters. Hmm. Uh, Interesting. So maybe yeah. uh, if I were a Spanish speaker, the film would have a little bit more texture of characters to it. Uh, I mean, it's obviously mm -hmm. not a very dialogue-driven film, but uh, yeah, I mean, the characters are given pretty sparse lines, at least, that were translated to English. Uh, exactly. Let me ask you this, too, before we get too deep into this. is uh, You've seen this twice. You saw it when it mm -hmm. went around the festival circuit uh, the first time um, in Seattle, I'm guessing. Or was yep. it? Oh, uh, did, has your opinion of it changed over the course of these two viewings, or or do you kind of generally view it um, similarly both times? I think I view it similarly both times. Uh, I mean, there there is. I think I actually enjoyed it a little bit better the second time because I knew what, what was going to happen. Um, however, I forgot a lot of details and a lot of things. Like I actually did not remember. At all, how he was—he got the big guy. Uh, uh, yeah, I yeah, I don't I don't remember how he actually captured uh, the bad guy, which is whose name is Kalule. Uh, so it was funny because I, I watched this with my partner, and you know, she'd be asking me like, "Oh, what's gonna happen next?" Because there 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 are a couple of scenes where you do have suspense, as slow as this movie is. There yeah. there is one particular scene. There are a couple of very suspenseful scenes. And she's like, what ha what's going to happen next? And I'm like, I don't remember. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I know how it ends. I don't remember what's going to happen right after this, like right at this moment. Yeah. I mean, one of those suspenseful scenes for me, at least I, the one that stood out to me was the one where he sets the car alarm off. Not once, yeah. not twice, but three times. And they just do it all from that one shot. And mm -hmm. uh I, I like how it was filmed. It was like some nighttime photography, and it looked really good, I thought, and it was well-executed, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think uh, when it comes to cinematography and, and the picture in general, it's a, it's a very beautiful movie. Uh, same with the setting. Uh, I'm, I don't know exactly in what city the movie was set. It's definitely not Santiago. It's uh, on the, in the south, I'm pretty sure. Uh, 
hmm. uh, because you have a very similar feel of the Pacific Northwest. Hmm. Okay. You know, uh, so generally you have that kind of climate in southern Chile. Right. Everyone's wearing sweater and stuff. <laughs> Interesting. And it seemed like most of the characters in this film were also uh, mid to lower class. Yeah. Yes. And uh, and and yeah. This uh, actually this is one thing, one area where I, I think uh, I'd like to discuss later, which is you know, there is a little bit of a class issue, a class topic there. And granted, this is one of those things where was kind of cut out by the lack of subtitles. Um, I don't know if I, 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 maybe it was done purposefully, uh, but we'll get get to that. So what, what's something that uh, like stood out to you about this movie? Um, I thought just a couple of the really basic uh, set design stuff was well done. Like I like the sound design on it. Um, mm -hmm. The opening shot is super memorable, him just walking through the forest. Although it kind of made me think that who's going to like hunt someone down at some point because he kind of looks like a hunter there. Um, yeah. So maybe maybe 10% misleading, but uh, I like the way it's filmed. <laughs> and the soundtrack, it's like it just can get really loud at points. And, and I, I, I like that part. Um, it feels like he paid a lot of attention to just uh, probably storyboarded the crap out of it and got some really nice uh, framing and shots, um, which is one thing I think is a little bit different from Much Ado About Nothing, where it's a little bit more, I don't know, a little bit more free-flowing. Um, mm. So uh, the uh, style of the film was just very striking. I mean, we're in America, and we're used to probably a lot of high-budget films, but I think this sort of shows how you don't need necessarily... Uh, a thirty-five million dollar budget uh, to to make a really striking film. Yeah, I, I agree. the The style of cinematography actually reminded me of uh, of that a, a Turkish movie you and I watched a long time ago. Um, it was a crime thriller. It was about police. I'm, I'm I'm blanking on the name. I don't know if you remember something in Anatolia. Oh, I watched this with with you. Yeah, we watched it together. Uh, so it was a movie from Turkey. Okay. Uh, uh, I kind of remember something like that. Uh, uh, but right. I, I, I would not be able to recall the name. Oh, that's fine. But I mean, it was one of those movies that also had lots of night, uh, you know, long takes with uh, scenery and night shots. Uh, even though the movie itself was sort of had in a plot that leads to more action than than yeah. uh, taking in the scenery. Um, so, you know, in a way, this movie, though, was like, one thing that stood out also to me is how miserable every character is in this movie. Like, this is a movie where everyone is not in a good place to begin with, and they end in a much worse place. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's kind of about how the poor kick the poor and and they just end up sort of cannibalizing each other. Um, I think it's interesting. And it's another reason why I think uh, Much Ado About Nothing is a really interesting companion to this, where okay. that film is a lot more about the mid to upper class versus the mm. ver very upper class. 
but still mm. manages to look at sort of that class struggle in a very naturalistic way. And it's similar to this film, has a very cynical view of it, even though like the sort of overall level of society is a very different one from sort of the lower class that's shown here. Right. That's interesting. Okay. Now I really have to watch that movie. <laughs> um, one thing I... I one thing that this movie, you know, that I would say a main theme in this movie that stood out to me, and of course that makes sense since I'm an attorney, is the whole judicial system and its yeah. failure. <laughs> and and this is actually another reason, another point of comparison with the last movie we watched, our Italian movie, which which is like how the police and the whole legal system is completely worthless for a set group of people. Yeah. Did, did you, so, do you, as a Chilean and a certified attorney here, uh, did you find it, uh, do you believe the portrayal of the sort of uh, criminal justice system there? Did it feel realistic to you or? Um... Uh, to be honest, I don't know. So I don't know the judicial system in Chile. Okay. Uh, I, after watching the movie, I read, I read up a little bit on it and it sounds, it sounds that it might be accurate, but, uh, to maybe an absurd level. Uh, so, but, uh, but reading on to other commentaries on this movie, it, it's pro it, it does appear, appear to follow a theme that you have in, in the justice system in Latin America in general where it's it's fast for the rich and slow for the poor I see um, I mean and it's fast if the if, if it's your if the victim is a rich person but not if the victim is a poor person and I think that I'm, that might even apply here in the United States right you know we generally speaking the the, the justice system in general works best for the people who have money right well as a harvard certified lawyer this is much more of your ground than uh, a layman like myself i, I wouldn't say that uh, i'm a harvard certified <laughs> lawyer you as have a, a certificate a... with harvard on it and you are a lawyer that's good enough for me <laughs> what what community college yeah. did you get your law degree at again I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, okay. sir American I, I, Samoa I University. A, <laughs> I went to a solid university, uh, law school, and <laughs> I passed the New York bar in the first try. That's much better than my cousin Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, no, but uh, actually, so doing some comparison on, on, on uh, so one part that it, it's interesting, glossing over a little bit more on on a superficial level and I feel like it, it touched into our conversation we have about police in the previous in, in the previous movie is how due process is such a double-edged sword in a way we want due process because uh, defendants need to be defended right right uh, but at the same time here what you know he makes a complaint to the police the police is like all right we'll we'll take this facts to the prosecutor and the prosecutor will make a decision based on whether or not we have sufficient facts. Now that seems like a higher bar than in the United States. 
So in the United States, the police the police can make an arrest with uh, probable cause. I looks uh, from the movie and from what I read in Chile, the police can make an arrest if they see the crime, or if the prosecutor finds finds probable cause. Okay, so there's like another step in there. Right. Exactly. So, which which makes it a little bit more frustrating if if you know you don't have a prosecutor. Uh, it's interesting actually in the movie how the prosecutor is mentioned a lot, but you only see her once. Yeah, I mean, I assume that's kind of a point that the director is making too. Yeah, it's just it's just that uh, I mean, it's a very apathetic system, very bureaucratic all right. altogether. One thing I like is how it, I think um, it, the director really successfully portrays it as more systemic rather than like um, like having like an evil prosecutor or something like that. Like you don't get the impression that the prosecutor herself is like a bad person even. Um, it's just right. that the system is, is not serving them well. Uh, one other thing I also thought was interesting about it is like you could make the case that like all the the guy had to do in order to not become a vigilante uh, was to wait until uh, the weekend was over. <laughs> but it's almost uh, him acting a little bit irrationally in that sense, kind of, uh, it makes sense. Even right. if it's a little frustrating. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, going back to that uh, question I asked you in the last movie, for the last movie, if you were in his position in this one, yeah. Would you have had done something or would you have waited uh, until the weekend was over? I probably would have waited until the weekend was over. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I, I don't think my first reaction was uh, would be to get a truck and freeze him to death. <laughs> uh, well, I have another question for you: Is what would uh, what would Carlo Antonelli do other than compare him to Mussolini and, and Pinochet? <laughs> oh man, Antonelli is probably pro Pinochet. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> like, Pinochet would he would he uh, like disappear from his family like midway through? He's like, I got to do some vigilante stuff. Can you guys take over? And just like disappear from uh, everyone he knows life in order to take his form of justice. Maybe. I mean, I think so. I, I think. I think you know he would have. Uh, he definitely would have done more. He uh, would have complained a lot more. I can tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, I, I agree. Actually, he would have complained a lot more. He probably would have killed the guy a lot early, earlier. Uh, maybe there would. I mean, he he wanted to kill someone for stealing his money. <laughs> now this other man, his son got shot, he got mugged, his daughter got sexually assaulted. That's a lot a lot worse than you know. Oh no, I lost some money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, he has a lot more legitimate gripes than Carlo Antonelli. I'd say so, yeah. <laughs> especially, especially when you know, like the daughter is getting, you know, got sexually assaulted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, yeah. not to mention, uh, yeah. One thing I I thought they should have shown the son like limping around more or something. Like the son was like really beat up there for. I mean, he got shot. Uh, so uh, I felt like right, they should have shown the repercussions of that a little bit more. 
I agree. Although that was two years later, so I mean, fair, fair. Do we do we know? Yeah, maybe he got shot, but nowhere that would make him limp. I don't know. I'm not limping any. Like I I had a double fracture on my ankle. I don't limp now, so. All right. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. I just felt like it may have made it a little more. Uh, uh, I don't know. You almost forget that the the son got like literally a bullet uh to him uh early right. in the film because it's the first thing that happens but although uh uh the bad guy Kalula, he uh he got shot too he shot himself yeah <laughs> yeah how did that happen exactly uh he noticed that so i'm pretty sure Kalula is supposed to be uh He's supposed to be like uh she probably has been in jail many times he's probably uh-huh. know, knows the system really well so uh-huh. he knows how to use it so my understanding is basically he shot himself so later he could play, claim self-defense uh, that would make it okay. so the prosecutor would feel she, she would be like ah I don't wanna I don't want to prosecute this case we'll just do a settlement agreement uh, below of, of a sentencing below three years and that way you know got it forget about it got it because it looks a little bit better if the guy got shot too rather than like the only person hurt is like a minor uh that's that went to see this other guy okay makes sense exactly yeah and in fact i mean that's what he so when when they're uh when you see the ambulance and they're taking kalula he's like Where are you taking me? I was defending myself. Don't you see? He shot. They shot me first. They shot me first. Where are you taking me? Oh, come on. <laughs> uh, what do you think about uh, Kalule? Uh, he was a very colorful character in a very stagnant movie. But I don't know. I thought they did a good job showing him as sort of like this destabilizing force. Uh, yeah. Where you just. Uh, I don't know. It's like a character like that that behaves very irrationally and erratically the whole movie that can really, like, make, uh, I don't know, you can see how he could make that family feel really uncomfortable just because you don't know what he's going to do. Um, and, uh, and it really would threaten your sense of safety. So I think that's one thing the film portrayed pretty well is, like, this sort of uh, guy that feels like an existential threat. Would he have actually hurt anyone uh beyond what he did it's unclear maybe maybe not um but uh but i think it does show him uh well as just sort of like a a, a destabilizer yeah no i i agree i mean the character definitely is so i mean what one one second he is being or saying nice things i don't know if he's being nice But he's saying nice things, and the next second he's just basically saying like how he's gonna torture the uh, Jorge. So definitely a very rational, erratic yeah. character. Do you think Jorge planned to kill him that entire time? I don't know. It it and and I think that's uh, that might be either a weakness or or a strength of the movie. In the sense of like you don't know, I, I, you don't know what he's thinking when he he does his thing. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, 
his the way he killed him was really effective though i mean <laughs> yeah he, he never really had to confront him once he trapped him in the truck that was pretty much it yeah uh in a way you could almost say like that could have been a perfect uh, perfect homicide or murder like he could have uh he probably could have gone away with it probably i mean in one sense it's like a lower income guy that people may not care too much about too um like and i don't know how they would prove that uh jorge was the uh ultimate culprit right and and how do you i mean especially because he died out of carbon monoxide and hypothermia probably that's my assumption so how do you prove that someone killed him that's true yeah. It's true. Yeah. I, I mean, especially so, if, if Jorge uh, got the gun and shot himself, too, to prove self-defense. <laughs> <laughs> he shot me, so I locked him in a freezer truck <laughs> and then put carbon monoxide in it. <laughs> yeah. Or he could have, um, you know, uh, gave himself a little bit of freezer burn, too. That's true. Do you think uh, things wouldn't be as bad if there were more cops in that neighborhood? <laughs> uh, man, I don't know. You're asking me real criminal justice issues. I mean, I guess <laughs> the neighborhood would have been a little different. I mean, like, they showed it as if, like, it was just dangerous for Jorge to walk to a store. Right. No, yeah, it was definitely a da uh, dangerous place. Yeah. Um... Uh, so one thing about the, so going into the class issue and my gripes with, uh, the subtitles was, you know, like after Jorge gets, uh, mugged, um, you know, the family's having that conversation while around the table while celebrating Jorge's birthday. And, um, one thing that they, they say, uh, they, they, they say, at least it's on the subtitles is, you know, uh, Kojito's like, hey, we can get him back. And Dad's like, no, no, don't worry about it. And he's like, it just really pisses me off. Uh, they, they even mess around around me the other day. That's what the, the subtitles say. And then they compete, uh, they they basically block one part who's like, where he says, like, actually he says, they really piss me off. Those guys are super ghetto. They even mess around with me the other day. And then the mom basically says something, she's in the, the translation, Again, the subtitles is like, yeah, that pisses me off too. All they talk about safe neighborhood, and then she says a bunch of shit later, that does not is not translated at all. But basically, what what she says is like, for what? If they're gonna bring all these uh, ghetto people here anyways, they screwed us over. And they're referring to the projects. Oh wow, that's that's a lot of context. So so the implication is that their family was there. And then mm -hmm. there was like some projects that were brought on that brought these uh, characters such as uh, uh, Kaluba uh, into the neighborhood. Yeah. Wow. And I mean, like, there, there you go. And that's why I, was, I got really annoyed that they didn't put it. But maybe they did it on purpose because that makes the, the, the family seem a little bit less, um, less sympathetic because they appear to be, you know, classist. But they're all poor. Like that family was poor, 
Yeah, they should have put that in. They should have put that in. Yeah. I mean, that's just it's... too much. I mean, like, yeah, without that, the dialogue is pretty much just very spare and says what was minimal. And so that was my impression is that all of the dialogue was just sort of like that. Yeah, no, you you had a lot like a lot of that. Um, that you know, they certainly should have uh, they they cut off. I mean, again, the swear words maybe not 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 so necessary. There's a lot of parts where they're just like cussing at each other, like uh, the guy who was doing those bonfires at the uh, forestry land. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't I didn't write those down, but I mean, the the amount of insults was a lot higher than what was translated. See, I would argue with you there. I think the uh, the cuss words would have been a hundred percent necessary. They should have put them in. May actually, you're probably right. This movie does not have much dialogue to begin with, so it makes no sense why they cut off so much. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know why. I mean, like, it's not like Spanish is, like, an uncommon language, either. It's like, you could... Well, all the curse words were Chilean. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, anyways, but, I mean, like, the stuff about, like, the the neighborhood and stuff at the beginning, it's like, I can't really think of why they would not include that. Yeah, me neither. Uh, Especially because that's, like, actual content and not Mm -hmm. just, you know... But, uh... So yeah, that's one gripe I had with the, uh, at least with the subtitles. But still, though, it definitely showed a, somewhat of a, of the inner classism that you have between you know these two sets of poor people. And it's not like everyone at the projects was bad. Technically, as far as we know, it's just uh, you know Kalula and his gang. And I don't think the gang lived in their projects. I think it was just Kalula, right? Right. Right. I mean, the gang, I mean, Kalua is definitely shown as the main perpetrator uh, of everything. I mean, he, a couple times, a couple of the people take along with him, but uh, they're never shown as, like, co-collaborators, basically. Yeah. Yeah. In, in, even when uh, the guy get, gets mugged, the guy walks around the the other gang members, uh, you know, they, they didn't interact much, but when he's walking the second time, that's when they interact, and, and that's when Kalula is there. So, I mean, you can almost right, right. feel like Kalula is really the the leader. And, you know, that's not the project's fault that they got one bad guy. Kalula could have been in a regular house. You right. don't know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, in the previous film, Street Law, where you had mentioned that, like, some of the politics maybe are a little more i'm not sure pro pro police but like very anti-crime uh Mm -hmm. you know in a sort of like right wing ish way right um would you say the same thing about this film at all yeah probably uh probably i would say that it it, although this one that takes less of a less of a self-righteous stance on it so the other movie you know uh, the main character thinks that what he's doing is right the entire time, and at the end he ends up winning somewhat, right? At the end, the system fucks him over, but he kind of won. It almost yeah. it ends with him smiling. In this one, uh, the, the main character—I mean, as I said before—he probably could have gotten away with the murder, but it was just messy. It's gross. It's not pleasant. None of what he did is pleasant, and at the end, he doesn't even get 
anything. Like he still loses his family. Uh, he still loses everything. Uh, and the movie ends with him basically turning himself in and going to jail. Yes. So, uh, so, so I think I, to me this movie, that's what, and that's why I was making those parallels is that it, it seems like they have the same a similar message, which is we need better law enforcement, more law and order, or empowering citizens to you know defend themselves. It seems like they have a similar message, but at the end, actually, it doesn't, right? Like this one, it doesn't end well for the main character at all. Like we don't know what's going to happen, but uh, you know, worst case scenario, he goes to prison, and the gang members know that he did that he killed Kalula, so they're going to go against his family. Mm hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, that makes sense. Um. Uh. The. I agree with you. I think Street Law had an overly rosy ending, especially in terms of like vigilantism and stuff. Uh, but this film, I would say, is probably even more like uh, searing towards the criminal justice system than mm -hmm. Street Law, in my opinion. Um, so I think that's also interesting. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure how I feel as far as like right wing uh, ish. I didn't have an issue with the film. Um, I think it's interesting to show. Yeah, no, I think so too. I, I think, and, and I agree with you. I think that this movie, its its biggest criticism is to is uh, on the justice system and the policing. Uh, it like the cops. Every single cop that shows up in this movie is a bureaucrat. They're not policing. They are literally just like coming in, taking a, a report, and, and every single instance they're like, "Hey, they were throwing rocks at our house." Okay. Do you have any witnesses? Yes, the entire family. Okay, that's good. That's good. Uh, we even got pictures. Oh, that's good. Yeah, we'll we'll get those later. So, are you gonna arrest him? Uh, no, we have to go to the prosecutor, and the prosecutor will make the decision. Right. So they're really shown as paper pushers here. Uh, yeah. In a way that's actually kind of uncommon if you think about it to cops in uh, the U.S. Should we send them yeah. some of our military gear? <laughs> Uh, the Chilean cops have military gear. I mean, <laughs> and 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 it, that's one thing that I maybe there's a, some context that is missing there, uh, cultural context that is missing there. Every Chilean person knows that when it comes to a riot, the cops are ready to beat the shit out of you. Like if you have a riot or or a protest, fuck it, it's not a riot. If you have a regular protest, the cops have. Top of the top of the line anti riot uh, and military equipment to stop anything. And by the way, all purchased from Israel, a country that is you know in constant war. So we're talking about like top of the line like water uh, water cannons, uh, <laughs> rubber bullets, uh, BBs, etc. All the and, good and stuff. They use all the good stuff. All all the stuff like I mean the stuff that they're using here in uh, in Oregon now. <laughs> yeah, the the, the the Chilean police have all of that already. However, so I mean, every person who's watching it has that in, in mind. So when you watch this paper pushing cops, it's even more frustrating because it's probably true that the cops are like when it comes to oh, someone makes a complaint, especially someone from a poor neighborhood, about being harassed by someone else. They don't give a shit. They're gonna be like, okay, yeah, yeah, we'll take your, 
we'll take your statement, we'll take it to the prosecutor. But if you have like a student protesting on the streets, they're like, oh, no, no, we're ready. We're, we're going to beat the shit out of you. You're going to go to jail and then we're going to let you go because probably we don't have any reason for that, taking you to, to jail to, in the first place. Fair, fair. Well, there's a reason why we're the number one Chilean and Italian crime podcast in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Who else would be making these comparisons? <laughs> that's true that's true um, <laughs> so besides that uh, what do, uh, what else uh, you know do, do you have anything that stood out to you like thematically besides that you know not really I think probably the most interesting uh, thing and maybe the subtitles that have changed this for me is just like how they seem to deliberately the director deliberately chooses that you don't ever really get into the character's psyche uh, mm. and I mentioned that a little bit earlier um, just that there's a real aloofness like it's we can have a couple guesses of why uh, the character decides to eventually get the body and turn himself in um, right but we don't, he doesn't like vocalize it. We don't get like a vo voiceover or anything close to that. Um, so it kind of lives in this sort of like aloof ambiguity. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, so to me, that was striking as well. Um, yeah. it, stylistically, one other thing I wanted to mention is it's a low cut film. doesn't cut a whole lot. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I like that too, especially uh, in the scene where the son gets shot. Uh, yeah, yes. That's a single take, yeah. basically. As well as the one where he's setting off the alarm. Right. Yeah. Which both are the most intense scenes in the movie. Yeah, Sa same set too, I think. Yeah. Same location, yeah. right outside Kalula's apartment. Right. Or, yeah. Which which would be the projects. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I do agree. And I, I think, I mean, so what, what's interesting is that the dialogue that they cut off is from other characters. So the, uh, Jorge, he actually doesn't talk much. I think the entire movie he talks like, maybe he has like five lines. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it, it, it's from the other, from everyone else. Like everyone else talks a lot. Just, you don't see them, right? Movies mostly on Jorge. Mm -hmm. So for Jorge, we don't miss out on too much characterization then. No. It's the other no. characters. Okay. Yeah. The son, the wife, uh, Kalula. I mean, the things he says. There, there's a little bit more humor in, uh, in with the insults. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Chileans do have embellish themselves on insulting people. And there are many ways of doing it. So he does that when he's in the truck, when he's like just cussing at him. <laughs> uh, and I mean, yeah, again, I, I get it. I get why they might have not translated those, but <laughs> still. One thing uh, I would say that uh, I, I liked about, or not like, but I thought it was interesting about the movie was um, that also is a contrast from the Italian movie <laughs> uh, is the gender, uh, not gender, but like, the agency of the male, the main male character, main character, and in this case, a male character. So, 
Corticate, it doesn't do much throughout most of the movie. And in fact, m- many times, like the wife is the one yelling at the yeah. uh, cops. Like the wife is the one who is, you know, who wants to go all out. Uh, when it came to the settlement, right? Like the the the, the plea deal that the, the prosecutor has, you know, she is the one who's like, what? That's that lesson. That's like so little when they did so much. And he's like, it's okay. It's okay. And you know, they say later on that he convinces son to be okay with it too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, he is usually the cool headed and more importantly, the, the, the less active person the entire right. time he minimizes what the bad guys are doing like from even from the mugging he's like oh, it's okay I'll, I'll get i'll get the new diabetes uh equipment it's not a big deal and uh well while the wife is uh you know actually brushes him sometimes like there's one scene and where he like she literally goes like oh okay run away from me be, just be careful uh don't let those kids playing soccer get get you or something like yeah, that yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I overall liked that because it felt like a fairly, I don't know, it felt real to me, that sort of portrayal. Um, yeah. But but it also sort of begs at the question, it's like, was there some sort of like point at which the character was pushed over, um, like some simmer, simmering point where this stuff is just all bothering him? And that's one thing you just don't get because the, the camera and the film is so aloof. You get very few close-ups. Uh, and you just don't totally know what's going on in his head. Uh, like to me, the character seems almost the same throughout the whole movie. He like sort of carries right. that like really low key demeanor. But so for me, it's kind of a fascinating question: is what pushes the man uh, to eventually uh, kill Kalula? And mm-hmm. I don't think the film ever totally answers that. Um, so if you're someone that likes. Uh, very uh, definitive answers. This is not a good film for you because uh, you will not get one. What do you think uh, pushed them? Like, do you have any ideas, or do you have any any uh, your own theories on that? I mean, the best guess is probably the harassment on his daughter, and then finally, um, uh, uh, like that last police report, how justice continues to not be done uh, expediently. Right. So. I mean, that's the best guess, just because those are the most things. But it's not like he we ever see him reacting in a way that like indicates uh, more disturbance. Right. I I agree with that. I think uh, I I I have the same theory. I think maybe the the only showing, if you will, that he starts to do more is that is when yeah after the daughter gets uh, assaulted, he. And you know he talks to the cop to leave there to make another report, <laughs> and then he's like, "No, can I get the address of the prosecutor?" And the cop is like, "Sure, here it is." Yeah. And then he actually goes to the prosecutor's house, where he still denied <laughs> any help. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I guess he did try a little extra there. Also, giving the home address of the prosecutor, I was like, question mark, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is this a yeah. thing? That doesn't seem like a, a thing that would happen here, at least. I don't think it's a thing that would happen here either. Um, <laughs> yeah, because that that that's that would be dangerous. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how realistic that is. But hey, who knows? It's it's different. I, I mean, right? they're supposed to be not, and and it's a different country, and they're not even in Santiago. So I mean, different right. c- 
subculture there too. So I mean, I, I I went along with that, but I just was like, whoa, <laughs> they just gave him the address. That's true. Well, in in some places, uh, even in the U.S., I think there are some places where you know prosecutors' address might be public information. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, guess... the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to say, I mean, I guess, like, some public officials live in, like, the governor's mansion or the White House. Uh, right. But, you know, we know where they live. Anyways, go ahead. Right. Yeah, no, I was going to say more on, uh, like, I don't know if you've seen uh, Just Mercy, based on uh, I have the not. book of the same title. Like, there's a scene where, you know, the public defender, I mean, not public defender, the guy, uh, he's a private defender, but the, 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 I'm forgetting his name, the real person's name, but... There's a scene where uh, the guy, the, the defender, goes directly to the prosecutor's house. You know, knocks on the door and, be, and he's like, "Hey, you need to do something about this, or you need to drop this uh, this case. This is stupid." I'm assuming that in certain places and in certain states and in certain cities, the prosecutor's information is public, especially mm-hmm. in like a, in small towns. Like okay. where everyone sort of knows each other to begin with. Right. So like, right. Like, I mean, here in Washington, D.C. or there in Seattle, prosecutor's house, probably private information. Yeah. I mean, it's not surprising that he'd be able to figure it out, too, if especially right. if it's a small place. But I was just a little bit surprised at how quickly the officer was just like, oh, you want her address? Sure. Here you go. And, <laughs> and that seemed to be it. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of funny though, that, like even with the address, he still couldn't get help. No, like yeah. he, he still didn't even talk to the prosecutor. He talked to like, uh, like an assistant or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what do you think of the acting in, in this movie? I thought it was overall quite good. Uh, I thought uh, it's very subdued form of acting. Like, mm-hmm. I can't even think of who the U.S. equivalent of the guy would be, but, uh, like, definitely felt like a character actor in the lead role. Um, mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I have no issues with anyone, any of the cast. I thought Kalula was also well cast, from what I could tell, right. even if I missed out on lots of lovely swearing. Um, <laughs> yeah, what do you think? I thought it was uh, pretty good too. Um, I think at the time that this movie came out, um, the guy who played Jorge, Daniel Candia, and uh, same with the guy who played Kalula, and probably Marta as well. Like none of them were very well known in the Chile, in like, and they, they're definitely not actors that you would see in movies that Chile ex- Chile exports. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Would like someone like Pauline Garcia from Gloria be someone that is like more yeah. of a movie star? Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. someone who you would see here. Same way the guy who plays plays her, who played her boyfriend, the guy who okay. played her husband. Like those are like faces that you normally see. Which yeah. is a small country, so you don't have that many people. Yeah. Really she, she, uh, Pauline Garcia is in Much Ado About Nothing, by the way. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, like the the only actor like when I was on IMDb, the only actor that actually had his own page was uh, Jorjito. Oh, the kid. Really? Yeah, and that 
Well, that's mainly because he was uh, the main kid in the movie Machuca. I don't know if you remember that movie. It's like set in the 70s, right before Pinochet. Is it like, the uh, crime fighting one? No, no, no. That's set. That that's supposed to be set in the present time. Well, then present. Machuca. But uh, no, Machuca. Machuca was the one uh, where it's like mainly centered in, uh, on two kids who are going to a school that was integrating uh, kids from uh, poor neighborhoods. So it's a private school integrating kids from poor neighborhoods. And the movie kind of ends right uh, at the uh, the at the coup. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. He's one of the kids. He's yeah. He's Machuca, the name the name character. The, oh really? The name okay. Person. Yeah. So he's a child actor. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, that's the only person who I think you know had his own page on IMDb, both in English and Spanish. None of the other ones. No, I'm sorry, not MTV. Sorry, uh, Wikipedia. So yeah. I thought that was like interesting, as opposed to you know the Gloria, where many of them had like some Wikipedia page. Page. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the soundtrack? I know you talked about the low and, and loud, the loud music once in a while. There were not many songs in the movie. No, not really. I thought it was quite well done. I mean, I overall like the sound design of it. Um, definitely plays more towards those like ambient sounds rather than like real songs. Um, but mm-hmm. it had sort of this like low foreboding uh, tone that mm-hmm. uh, amped up the movie. I thought and made it feel like there are more stakes to it. Um, so yeah, I, I liked it. I I agree. I mean, most of the movie actually almost didn't have any any scores. But uh, except for the moments, some right. moments where it's suspense. Well, the most suspenseful scene, which is the the car alarm scene, that one did not have any any soundtrack, as far as I remember, which actually right. made it yeah, yeah. even more nerve wracking. Right. So it's kind of this good. I, I I thought a lot of this aspect of the film was just really simply made, but very well designed. Of just like mm-hmm. a combination of naturalistic sounds. Uh, with these like more uh, ambient soundtrack, electronic noises that just like kind of give the movie uh, just this the the right tone to strike, which is kind of this dark, tragic tone. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, well, James, do you think? Someone shooting at your kid would uh, destroy your uh, your marriage. Shit, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, you're you're married too, man. So. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, that's true. I thought that was unfair. Like, yeah. I I feel like the wife put a lot of blame on onto him. Yeah. I mean, it's it. it I think you're right. It it probably was unfair, but it's also kind of understandable and you can sort of see how the wife might have issues with him simmering mm-hmm. up i don't know i can sort of see how that could culminate and clearly um jorge for all of his silent killing is not a good communicator uh i think that's almost certain uh, <laughs> uh that's so, true so i mean i can see how that could culminate into him basically joining the uh national park service that's true. 
Um, by the way, I don't know if you noticed, uh, I bring up Wikipedia because there's one thing that I thought was pretty hilarious. Uh, when you see that page, it has see also, and it has list of films featuring diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. I mean, it did play a central role. I thought that was a nice little thing to give the character. Yeah, no, I thought so too. And uh, and technically, yeah, that's uh, almost the catalyst of the entire movie. The only thing he had to be to be stolen was his uh, the the blood Insulin blood measuring machine. Thing? Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So you can have superheroes that have diabetes. <laughs> well, maybe that's the the sequel to this film is him becoming a superhero. <laughs> to kill a man too. <laughs> now harder. <laughs> Kalula has a twin brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, actually yeah, what do you think the sequel would be like? Uh <laughs> uh I don't know. Um him in prison, I guess. Make it a prison movie. Well, that's true. He gets bullied in prison, and so he has to uh, uh, prove his worth. It's like a, a Shawshank remake combined with <laughs> Kill a Man. Uh, all right. Well, you know, if you don't have anything else to say, do, uh, do you? I do not, in true Jorge form. Yeah, I think uh, I think overall, I, I think it's a pretty decent movie. Uh, I recommend watching it. Um, you know, it's uh, probably one of the least romantic revenge movies you will see. Yeah, it's the the very spare uh, uh, spared down version, like pared down yeah. to the to the minimal. Yeah. Um, well, James, what are we watching uh, next time? Uh, we are back to the world of Italia in the 1970s with a film called Revolver. Excellent. <laughs> that is a very good title. What can I say? You know exactly what it means. Yeah, it's a gun. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, Alright, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. Um, Alright. So we'll, uh, we'll see you all next time. Yep, see you next time.